Over 460 million people around the world have disabling hearing loss. Starkey Hearing Foundation provides hearing aids and hearing-related health care to millions of patients in over 100 countries. But they need your support to continue helping those in need. Give the gift of hearing by donating to the Listen In Campaign. Go to listenincampaign.org to donate today. That's L-I-S-T-E-N-I-N-C-A-M-P-A-I-G-N dot O-R-G. This is the MLW Radio Network. This episode of Prime Time with Sean Mooney is brought to you by SeatGeek. Now, all you have to do is download the SeatGeek app to your phone, and then you're just a few finger taps away from all those great events that you want to see. And because you listen to Prime Time, you're going to get $20 off your first purchase. So, what are you waiting for? Get to it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Prime Time with Sean Mooney. Uh, we are coming off an episode I really enjoyed because our guest was absolutely the kind of person I love to have on the podcast. One you don't often get a chance to hear from, and then someone who had a, an impact on an era that we all love so much, the 80s and 90s in the WWF slash WWE. And if you listen to the episode, I think you're going to agree with me, Danny Davis is really one fascinating individual. Someone who started out on the mean streets of Brockton, Massachusetts as a bare-knuckle fighter, that's right, when he was about 13 or 14 years old, and then who made it to not only become one of the most well-known referees ever, and whether you liked him or not, uh, but one who also made it as a wrestler in the WWF and even appeared in main events and at WrestleManias. Just incredible. And he told us a lot of stories, but there are certainly many, many more in his upcoming book that is about to uh, debut. It is called Mr. X, The Life Story of Dangerous Danny Davis. And you can check it out at wohw.com slash Dangerous Danny Davis. Uh, he also told me he's going to be uh, out for WrestleMania weekend for an appearance there with Scott Wilder and his promotions. And he'll be signing those books. So... Be sure and get yours and go by and say hi to Danny. Okay, now this episode, folks, is going to be a very short episode. And I am going to uh, get to why that is the case uh, very soon. But first, I wanted to bring you an interview we recorded a few months back. But when we did it, Jake Roberts was really pressed for time. And so the idea was we would get what we could and then get back with him. Uh, needless to say, between his crazy schedule these days and mine, uh, we could uh, never uh, get that together. We could never pick it back up again. But what we did get was great, and I really wanted to uh, share that with you. Uh, and as usual, I want to get the whole story. That's what I uh, love to do here. Um, you know how much I love to do that. Uh, anyways, though, um, I wanted to make sure you had the chance to hear this portion. So let's get right to it. The conversation I had with Jake the Snake Roberts. Ding, ding, ding. Now, before I welcome in my very special guest this week, Hall of Famer and uh, legend, of course, Jake the Snake Roberts, I want to tell you all out there uh, that back when I was with the WWF, Jake was one of my absolute favorites because uh, everything about him was unique. He, he Certainly, he didn't look like any other wrestler. He didn't wrestle like any other wrestler, and he definitely didn't sound like any wrestler, and that has absolutely never changed. Jake? Thank you so much for joining us on Primetime. How are you, my friend? I'm yeah? doing great, man. 
Ah, oh, you Vegas of all places you yeah, end up. Yeah, I live out in Vegas. Yeah, isn't that crazy for recovering alcoholics living <laughs> in Vegas? Sin City. Yeah. I guess yeah, there's I no more sins tag. left. <laughs> no, I, I pretty much tagged all the bases, man. And a couple of events too, you know. But yeah. no, man, I love it out here. It, you know, it's great for my my uh, allergies and stuff, and uh, yeah. for breathing because you don't have the humidity that you have back in the east, and. uh the only time I go downtown, man, is if I if I want to go see a show or something. You know, I mean, yeah, uh, you can find you can find a bottle of liquor anywhere. You don't have to have a club for it. So, uh, you know, that's not the issue. You know, for yeah. me, it's just uh, enjoying my life, man. And right now, it's in Vegas, and I'm doing it and digging it. Yeah, yeah, I know you were you were in Atlanta uh, with uh, with DDP. Yeah. Uh, how did how yeah. did Vegas come about? Though, I mean, had you spent a lot of time there? I mean, why Vegas? No. Well, unfortunately, I fell for another BS promoter. Slung <laughs> uh, me a line of crap that just smelled too good to be true. And what's that old saying? If it sounds too good to be yeah. true, chances are it is. Yeah. And I, I bit for it. And um, of course, I wasn't the only one. There's been several people that bit for it. And uh, I came out here, and uh, a couple of weeks later, and a couple of years later, I'm still waiting for this company to start. Yeah. Um, I did get busy doing other things, just in case it didn't. Yeah. I, <laughs> now, you had a school? Is that, uh, you, you had a, you had yeah, a school? Yeah. Too, right? Yeah, we got, uh, we got the snake pit going, man. And uh, yeah. we've got some talent uh, already coming up out, out there. I think you'll be seeing them on the big screen uh, probably in the next six months. Yeah. Uh, these two brothers and they are they are magnificent man and I have to say so myself and uh and we got a thing we call Fantasy Slam, which is my real thing that I really like to do. Um Fantasy Slam is where anybody can do this. Now I'm talking about Joe Bo that's never been in a wrestling ring in his life. He can come out to Vegas. The first couple of days, D Lo Brown and uh Sin Bodie will teach them just enough to get them through a so-called match. Huh. You know, they're going to be able to grab two or three holes and uh, perhaps even give one of those guys a bump because I ain't taking them. <laughs> uh, you know, um, then the third day, they will come in and I will do a little interview work with them and then I will interview them on the snake pit, you know, as I used to do back in the day. And we will somehow come out of that snake pit with a argument of some sort and have a match. Uh -huh. now, the match consists of the two or three moves that they've learned and uh, what else ever I want to do to them because they can't <laughs> stop me. That's right. And um, we take that uh, afterwards, you know, maybe I, maybe I DDT them, maybe they DDT me. I'm not, you know, the money's yeah. right, I'll do just about anything. I'm a whore. I always have been. <laughs> but uh, I would do the finish. I dump the snake out. Bada bing, bada I was going to say, I want to make sure the snake was involved. That would, that's, oh, even, yeah, yeah. that's he worth the price of admission. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So then Sam Bodie takes it and chops uh, it up and puts it all together to where it actually looks like a match. And, wow. Uh, we, send, we send the people home with that. They've got their little piece of history, their, their moment. It's a lot of fun for, for the person that's doing it, and I enjoy doing it just to 
really just to see their reaction and and watch wrestling grab a hold of them the way it used to grab a hold of me. You just get yeah. so excited you can't stand it. So it's a lot yeah. of fun. That's and, great. Uh, I, that, that really, I can't believe somebody... I, I can't believe somebody hasn't done that before because it's really, it's a pro wrestling yeah, fantasy camp, right? right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They do it in baseball. They do it in basketball. Yep. They do it yep. everywhere. Yeah. Why not wrestling? Well, we're doing it. And uh, Steamboat ran a camp for us one week. And, uh, oh, gosh, there's been a couple other guys come through and do, do it too, you know. And uh, it's fun. Um, I'll be glad when it finally gets to where it's steady. Uh, right now we're just trying to get it all going, man. And, you know, it's so hard to get things going these days, man. I mean, yeah, you got social media, but you got so many jokers out there that are just here to rip people off. And, uh, I don't dig that, man. It's like the school. What we charge for the school is probably one third or one fourth of what other people are charging. Yeah. But I'm not there to make a ton of money. I'm there to teach wrestling. You know, I'm there to continue my dream, you know, and uh, I can either get frustrated on Monday night by watching Raw or whatever and be angry about it, or I can get up and try to do something about it and uh, putting good talent back out there and teaching what I believe is one way of doing it. Uh, is there a website set up for anybody who's listening and get more information? Absolutely. Absolutely. Snake Pit. Yeah, you bet. Go for it. What is it? Snakepit.com? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not sure. It's Fantasy Slam or SnakePit.com. More of it too. If you want it, you'll find it. Yeah. yeah well, that's awesome. And I, I, I think as you're you're uh, realizing uh, that there's still a lot of opportunities. I, I don't know. Uh, oh, maybe yeah. the the WWE Network and other things that have come, but, but we also we also know people loved that period of time when you know the yeah. 80s and 90s of wrestling. It it yeah. it just stands out. And uh, all these appearances, like I, I was in uh, New York, I, I, Jake, I, I'm sure you're the same way I am, but I, I, you know, I don't get to too many of these things. But I was absolutely blown away by the response that uh, you oh, get yeah. from these people. You really, yeah. It's just incredible. There's no better fans anywhere, right? No, there's not. Wrestling fans are the best, and uh, they'll stick through you through thick and thin. You know, I'm living proof of that. I mean, my, my fans got together and paid for my shoulder surgery. You know, yeah, I know that. Yeah. You know, yeah. and uh, hell, they, they put a hip in Scott for ninety thousand or whatever. You know, I mean, that's crazy money, man. But you know, they'll just stick with you. I mean, even through the bad times when I was going out there making a damn mess of my life, they didn't give up on me. I gave up on me. Scott all said it best when he said, "Wrestling fans care more about us than we care about ourselves." <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That is so true. Yeah, and and Jake, it has really been an incredible journey. Um, in many ways, you know, I I, I you know I watched uh, and I I followed your life, uh, you know, just through the times that I was with the WWF and and uh, yeah. since. But uh, you know, watching uh, the resurrection of of yeah. Jake the Snake, I mean, what an incredible folks. You got to check it out on Netflix. But it's just an an incredible That's film that well uh, Dallas Page, but. Um, yeah. y- you you had a, a real tough upbringing. Um, I I grew up with a very uh, short. <laughs> thank God he left, but who was a, a very much a, a violent father, and uh, people don't realize though what what an impact that has on people's lives. And I know that uh, yeah, and and that never. I mean, you you learn how to deal with them, but not only did you have yeah, you learn how to survive. That's what you do. Yeah, 
And your father was Grizzly Smith. Uh, everyone knows this. Yeah. Uh, you're, you know, you have a half brother, Michael, and a half sister, Robin. Uh, you know, Sam Houston and Rock and Robin. Um, but you also uh, had other uh, sit- situation you dealt with with uh, a stepmother and an abuse there. Yeah. Um, and as I mentioned, you learned how to a, deal my with. My dad was uh, my dad was one of those guys that couldn't leave young girls alone, and his sister that was kidnapped and murdered. Yeah. You know, and the, the things that come at you in life, man, you know, they say God never gives you more than you can deal with. But, man, he got so close from me. It was scary, <laughs> you know. But, um, you know, I take those things now, and I go out, and I, I look for people that are going through these things, and, and I'm yeah. able to help them. So yeah. that's given me a, a pulpit, so to speak, to do it. And mm-hmm. you're talking about the movie. Uh, we just found out that uh, the resurrection of Jake the Snake has been voted the second best resurrection of all time. Yeah. It's amazing. It, it really is. It's, it, it was such an, <laughs> an incredible film. You know. The second best resurrection. This Jesus character, he, he just too much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can't yeah. beat that one, Jake. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, man, I could. I so Especially I you. <laughs> I can't take the heat, man. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's been a great thing to go out and uh, see fans and talk to them um, since the movie's been out. It amazes me uh, how many people that movie's actually touched and helped. Um, there's no greater feeling than getting a letter from some you know, eight or ten year old that says, hey, thanks for helping my daddy get better. My, now my daddy's living with us again, you know, and that's just awesome, man. Yeah. And uh, to meet women that are saying, you know, I never understood why he kept drinking. Whenever I told him, all you got to do is quit and we'll be together. They didn't understand the disease, how powerful it was. Well, alcoholism, man, is no joke, man. It is so strong. You know, there's nobody. I, I tell people, I've been in, I've been in uh, a few jails and I've been to several rehabs and I never met anybody in either place that said, you know, when I was young and growing up, my dream was to, to uh, grow up and become an alcoholic and a drug addict. No, nobody dreams that. Nobody. But it is something that can happen to you if you make a couple of wrong turns. And yeah. uh, I just encourage people to, man, if we could all be more like Dallas, I know it's pretty scary saying that because he gets you going sometimes. I want to choke him, but He's so positive, and he's got such a good heart about helping people. And, uh, you know, we all know somebody that's struggling with one disease or another or some problem. And we, you know, we turn our backs to him, or we just don't want to deal with the drama, or it's just too much. I don't want to hear this crap again. He's always got a problem, something. But we don't help. Yeah. And then later on, we find out something's happened to these people. And then we feel guilty because we didn't help. Well, I'm telling you this because I think it's time for all of us to start paying attention to what's going on with our friends and with our family and see if we can help some of these people that are struggling. It's better to help them now than go to a funeral later. Yeah, and as we keep seeing, uh, it's like every week we see some uh, mass shooting or something. And, yeah. and uh, yeah. you know, these people are just very sick individuals and, and where some yeah. something along the line and and as you know you talk about it, a lot of times when they're we're growing up in these environments and whatever happens to them but uh you know and jake i think that we both can identify in, in this situation when, when you grow up in an environment like that 
you you don't end up right. an average person. You either you take a no, path. It's either you decide to yeah, you stay and be a victim, or you yeah. you go and achieve something because yeah. you're going to make you want to escape that. And you did that. And uh, yeah, talk a little I bit did. about that at that point in time. And I know you were driven, you know, to shove it uh, up your father's rear. I think, as you put it, yeah. but yeah, uh, what what drove you? To get to to where you you ended well, up going. Unfortunately, it was hate and anger. You know, yeah. I, I was so upset with my father, and then, you know, nobody can understand. I mean, nobody can identify with what I'm about to tell you. And that's for me to be in a locker room where there's crude jokes being made, but they're being fired at me because of my father. Mm-hmm. You know. And man, that, that, that blistered me. It made me feel just so empty inside, man. And so full of shame. Shame is a very dangerous thing to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a real tough time in the locker rooms, man, because guys and, you know, wrestlers sometimes aren't the nicest folks in the world. He had pretty hard edge on them. Yeah. And, um, there was a lot of things being said and, and done that uh, just really, I look back and I'm like, man, how did I make it through that? Well, I, I, the way I made it through it was just to dive into the wrestling and just let it consume my mind and my heart and my soul. And just it's 24 seven wrestling mm-hmm. because I couldn't trust anything else in life to be fair and to be, to be right. Because I never knew what was going to be coming at me next, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know what, what's going to happen next? You know, what's what's he going to do now? You know, and oh my God, here we go again. But you know, just to be able to put it into wrestling and, and have a great career, you know, sometimes I think, you know, well, you know, I could have done so much more. You know, maybe I could have, but man, I did a hell of a lot as it was. Yeah, <laughs> you no know, kidding. I had I had a pretty damn good career and. uh I rang some bells and uh, tuned some whistles and all that. And, uh, you know, I'm just so grateful for what I did have and so grateful that I somehow picked the right women to have children with that my children uh, do not have alcohol or drug issues. Wow, that's <laughs> fantastic. So for that. Yeah, and, and I know uh, that those... Fact, my, old, my oldest daughter is uh, head of the largest rehab in the world it's for all the troops. And, uh, hmm. you know, but she's suffering from, uh, oh, she's got some horrible disease, man. It's just, it's just similar, man. Uh. She's going to have to quit work because, uh, MS is just a son of a bitch. You know, it yeah. really is. Well, I'm, I, I know that, that, that relationship with your, your kids has improved. And I want to talk about that oh, in, yeah. coming up, but, um, you mentioned about what drove you, you know, and that you just decided you were just going to get better and better. And I, yeah. you know, you, you did certainly paid your dues. Uh, I think you started in Louisiana, yeah. then mid Atlantic and then yeah. Georgia Everywhere, championship, man. but was it mid South? Yeah. Was it mid South though, where you really, uh, started to put it together to where you realized, yeah. you know what, I am becoming among the best. And then, uh, yeah. where did you develop that style? Because it certainly was different than anything anybody else was doing. Yeah. Nobody did the promos with the slow burn. Nobody, um, but where did you start to put that together? Was it, was it mid South? Uh, it was necessity. It was in mid South. Uh, Bob Roop dropped the knee in my throat. Uh-huh. And he crushed my voice box. 
<laughs> really? This is, this, is, this is as loud as my voice will get. Regardless of what I want it to do, this is it. I huh. can't scream. I, if I tried, nothing would come out. So it was necessity that forced me to do it. And then it was a little bit of just looking at an interview and, and knowing how I felt. When somebody yells at me, man, I turn that switch off. I'm not listening to a damn word they got to say. And mm -hmm. I kind of felt like fans were like that. And and I think that uh, that label of, yeah, it's, it's, it's that damn phony-ass wrestling on, listen to them scream and holler. Well, I didn't want to be one of those guys. Uh -huh. You know, I, I wanted to be respected as a thinker, as somebody that uh, you feared. And uh, that way, if I could have you thinking about that snake and afraid of me, then I didn't have to answer questions about my life. Uh -huh. That's the reason I came up with the snake face, so I could hide behind it, man. You was know, it Kenny uh, Stabler? Was was Kenny Stabler really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're a, a Raiders yeah, I was fan. Smoking, smoking, smoking pot and drinking beer. And I'm a Cowboy <laughs> fan, or I was yeah. this last weekend after that yeah. <clears throat> that crap right before the uh, intermission or before halftime when they did that prevent defense and the, the guy who run down the field with a oh my god, said, that's it. No more Cowboys. I'm going straight to the Raiders, and that's it. Oh. Uh, so I'm a die crew out in Vegas. You know, we're going to have the Raiders out here in a couple of years. And uh, no, I was a Kenny Stabler fan. They were talking about him on Monday Night Football. And it's like, yeah, man, I'm smoking weed and drinking beer because that's what you did back then. And uh, that's what I did. And, uh, yeah, man, it'd be so cool if a guy had a snake. You know, hey, uh, that, you know next thing you know, I got the snake idea. Of course, you know, Nobody jumped on board with it. I suggest you to Bill Watts. We, we right. all know what kind of jerk and bully he is. Oh. And uh, he, he just told me, yeah, what do you think this is, a damn circus? And turned and walked away. Well, guess what, Bill? It is a circus. <laughs> Come on, give me a break. And uh, uh, then whenever I got up to Vince, they, they brought him back and said, hey, would you be willing to do this? Um, oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm waiting you know, for this. Uh, never, never considering for a moment just how afraid and terrified I was of snakes because I, I can't stand snakes, man. I hate <laughs> the damn things. I always have. I've been terrified. So, so you decide to choose the largest, most scary snake possible yeah. to carry around yeah, the country absolutely. with you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I say yeah. I'm smart, did I? Well, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I do get the job done, man. And, uh, well, it yeah, sounds it like you always a deal. It was a hell of a mess. It sounded like you always took your demons uh, head on. So, um, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, a little too close. Yeah, Jake. Before we talk about your arrival in the WWF, though, because I'm I'm always fascinated by the years that you guys spent in Mid South because it it seemed like there was yeah. dramatic impact on your careers because oh, yeah, uh, those crowds they had there. I mean. Uh, uh, you know, I've heard stories that they, if they had uh, six or seven fights before the first match, you knew it was going to be yeah. a good. So how yeah, did, that was, that was home of Louisiana right there. How did that it, teach you to crowd how many fights? <laughs> yeah, you knew yeah. it was going to be good, huh? But you know, how did South was was a great place to learn. That was yeah. the bottom line. You know, Bill Watts demanded so much out of everybody. You know, he's a big asshole, bully, and all that stuff. But you had to learn. Because if you didn't learn, he'd fire your ass. He had no problem with that, man. And, uh, you know, back in those days, we were running a lot of the towns every week. So you had to move along pretty good in your 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 abilities and, and getting your, your art down because 
can't go out and do the same thing week to week. You've got to change. you got to you know, come up with a different match. You know, I mean, uh, you had to constantly be moving, you know, and forward. And uh, so I, I do give Mid-South, I'm not going to say Bill Watts, because uh, it wasn't Bill that did it. It was everybody around that did it. Yeah, you couldn't fool those crowds, and right? Some of, the, some of the booker and some of the bookers were very good. Buck Robley was probably the best booker I was ever around. He's probably responsible for more Jake the Snake than anybody else. But um, he gave me several opportunities and uh, got me on the right road and uh, helped me get over uh, some issues and uh, really got me on my way, man. So you know, Mid South, you know, thank you very much. Um, I probably had my best time in Georgia Championship Wrestling because I was the the booker and uh, was the main, one of the main pieces of talent. The Legion of Doom was developed there, of course, uh, with myself and Paul Ellering, uh, the Road Warriors, and uh, a spoiler. You know, he was part of it. So uh, and there was a lot of good things that happened. I really had a great time there. And uh not so much going back to uh, WCW because I had to deal with Bill Watts again, and that didn't last very long at all because you know, he's such a lion pig. But, um, you know, before we get into anything else, man, I think we're going to save that for the next show, man, because I'm running up close to the time that I need to get off of here. Yeah, all right. I'd love to come back on and, and go through this thing, and we can talk about my book that's going to be coming out in the next couple of months. Yeah, and uh, we got a lot of things we can talk about if you'd like. Yeah, but, now, but uh, before before I, we ring off, though, I mean, I want to talk yeah. about that uh, when you did get that call, because yeah. uh, you were one of the first to go up. Um, I think in was it ninety two that uh, you first? Because I know you're yeah that so. Uh, oh, so you know, oh, to, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm yeah, 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 ninety two. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, but I mean, I'm talking about when you first went up. That was uh, one of the you know early years with the WrestleMania, you were one of the first to go up yeah, and, uh, in 86, I think it was right. Yeah. Yeah. March of yeah, 86. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. a lot was going on with the WWF. What do you remember of that period of time? And tell us how you got the call. Did you contact them? How did that whole, uh, connection happen? Well, I had, uh, given my notice in mid South and, uh, they accepted it. Oops. And, uh, I had to get on the phone and call somebody for a job. And Vince uh, had tried to hire me before uh, when I was at Georgia Championship Wrestling. And being the fool that I was, um, I blurted out, you know, you guys are going to kill the business, blah, blah, blah. You know, brilliant. And uh, I wanted to stay true to uh, NWA. You know, what a fool. What a fool, man. And uh, I didn't go. But then a few years later, I've given my notice because I was getting screwed over again, Bill Watts, and uh, I picked up the phone and called uh, New York, and uh, they said, well, Mr. McMahon's not going to be here for three more weeks. I'm like, oh, my God, I just gave a two-week notice. What the hell am I going to (laughs) do? And uh, I'm telling the wife, uh, hey, guess what? (laughs) I I, I can't get a hold of them. (laughs) You know, she didn't want to hear that. And uh, I was about to go to the gym, and I just walked out the door, she goes, Hey, it's Vince McMahon on the phone. I'm like, yeah, you're really funny. She's doing it really is. I'm like, really? And I went to the phone, and uh, I guess him being out of town for three weeks is just for certain people, but uh, he told me to get on an airplane and fly up there, man, and uh, that's exactly what I did. So I went down with him and uh, had a 
pretty interesting conversation, albeit it was short. Mm-hmm. But, um, I don't know. I just don't talk. I don't do well with uh, management. Uh, I tend to say what I think if he gets me in trouble. So, but that's that, and I will have to get off here now because I'm going to be cutting myself close. Uh, appreciate you having me on, man. I will be back on in the future. Uh, next, uh, give me a few weeks. I'm having my mouth done and uh, they're putting the post in and all that stuff and putting me real teeth or not real teeth, but doing it proper. So I'll actually be able to eat again. That would be yeah. so interesting. That so, would be great. Well, Jake, yeah, I want to thank you. Be. I want to thank you for coming on. And uh, you know, you have traveled some journey, and uh, I know I'm not the only one that's seen you come out the other side. And I will love to welcome you back. Thank you so much for coming on, my friend. Thank you, thank you, Sean, for having me. And I, I give you my word, man. I will be back on. Thanks. A lot. Awesome. Bye-bye. Take care. What an incredible road. Jake Roberts has traveled. And through all the hardships early on in his life, his rise to become certainly one of the most well-known professional wrestlers in the world ever, uh, his struggles with addictions, and, you know, somehow he came through it all. And I saw Diamond Dallas Page, DDP, very recently, and you know the story behind uh, his relationship with Jake Roberts and how much he helped him out. And he told me that, you know, Jake is doing really great now. Uh, He has a lot going on with all kinds of appearances. He's very active in training young wrestlers. And best of all, he is reconnected with several of his family members and his children. So I could not be happier for Jake. I only wish that uh, we could have finished our chat, perhaps. Uh, Down the road, we will. You never know. Uh, With that, though, folks, uh, I have an announcement to make uh, regarding... The podcast, Primetime with Sean Mooney. Um, After much thought and consideration, I have decided that this will be my last podcast for the MLW Radio Network. And I want to thank MLW for the opportunity, but it is definitely time to go. But uh, those I really want to thank, the ones I want to thank most of all are you, my listeners, you folks that have listened loyally week after week, as I went on this new journey from uh, the kind of rough beginnings and uh, as we went along and learning so much and then uh, having a great time with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I want to thank him for uh, being there in the beginning. Uh, It has definitely been a blast uh, having these conversations with some of the greatest people I have ever had the honor of having had worked with and then catching up with them so many years later. And hearing their stories has been an experience um, I definitely uh, am never, ever going to forget. And honestly, you know, I have to tell you, I really did not think I was going to enjoy doing these podcasts as much as I have. Uh, I know a lot of you did not know what to expect when you took the chance at listening. But I also know that uh, you now realize that this is not your typical wrestling podcast. Uh, It is been different. It continues to be different. The guests are different. Uh, Even the ones who have been interviewed countless times on other podcasts had different conversations on this podcast. And uh, I hope I can continue to do that. So uh, please stay tuned. Uh, You never know what's next. Meantime, I look forward to still hearing from you. Uh, You will be able to contact me on Twitter still 
at Sean Mooney Who. That's at Sean Mooney Who, as well as at Primetime Mooney, our official Twitter account, at Primetime Mooney. And that is also the same address on Instagram, at Primetime Mooney. And of course, on our Facebook page, Primetime with Sean Mooney. We'll be putting up all kinds of information. You want to stay tuned there for all the uh, news. I'll leave it at that. Uh, You'll still see me around here and there working with my pals at the WWE, as many of you picked up on recently. Uh, I got to be in on a project that's going to be out soon. But again, I really want to thank all of you for being part of this podcast because you really were. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, so much. It was, it's just been awesome. I also need to say thank you to Casey Drombeck, the producer of this podcast, for being there every week and putting up with me. And I also want to thank Evan Polisher, who has not been on board for long, but uh, one person who has made a big impact on our social media presence in a very short period of time. Uh, that's going to wrap it up. That is going to do it for Prime Time with Sean Mooney. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Sean Mooney. And I'm out. The world of NLW Radio never stops. Over 460 million people around the world have disabling hearing loss. Starkey Hearing Foundation provides hearing aids and hearing-related healthcare to millions of patients in over 100 countries. But they need your support to continue helping those in need. Give the gift of hearing by donating to the Listen In campaign. Go to listenincampaign.org to donate today. That's L-I-S-T-E-N-I-N-C-A-M-P-A-I-G-N dot O-R-G.